ציון Shalom everybody and welcome back to the Yishai Fleischer Show Broadcasting live from Jerusalem to the world You're part of it wherever you are And we are in a brand new room here at the Pardes Institute Or not, the room isn't brand new, it's new for us And this room has got windows onto the heavens And so I am very excited to be sitting in this room in Yerushalayim Looking at the heavenly Yerushalayim uh, In Yerushalayim, did I say that? Okay, it's, it's just that exciting and I'm with with I'm with here here with our beloved Rabbi Mike Foyer. Rabbi Mike, shalom and welcome. Shalom, Ishai. How you doing? I'm doing okay. I, I'm I'm a shtickle discombobulated. Okay, shtickle discombobulated. This is for a few different reasons. Uh, one is that uh, we just had a big Shabbat, the big uh, the big go away Shabbat, a getaway Shabbat at the Dead Sea. It was marvelous. You would have loved it. You will love it at the next ones we do soon. It was great. There was 150 people, tons of kids, Dead Sea, gorgeous. It was great. So that was awesome, but that means that Shabbat was not a mentally... Time of rest. Right. It wasn't a mental recovery time. Then I had personal bad news. A good friend of mine uh, died, but really, I have to admit, killed himself, and it's hard for me to even say that because I like don't want to really even like promote that, and I think it's something that he would be embarrassed of. Uh, but on the other hand, it is true, and that adds to the uh, grief, yeah, uh, because it's like, oh, could you have prevented it? Could you have helped it? This was a good friend of mine. It's left a, a real uh, gap in my uh, in the Shama, uh, and in my life. His name was Gil Ronan. He was a good friend. I spoke to him every week almost, uh, and we did a lot of stuff together. We made the uh, Matrix movie, the uh, the famous oh, movie, he, cartoon he movie. He worked with you on that. He drew that. He drew the whole movie. That ah. was him. That's how we started our relationship. It was like 17 years ago or something, or 15 years ago at Arut Sheva when I saw a, 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 a Flash-made movie, and I'm like, I want to make one, and we parodied the Matrix. It's great. If people haven't seen it, you got to see it. Just so you know what I mean by parody, I went to the scripts. I found online the scripts of the Matrix, uh-huh. took out the phrases from the Matrix that we wanted, reworked them, took the music, reworked it, reworked yeah. the scenes. Oh, it's great. It's great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, he he, and he was he was a great visionary behind the graphics of that. Mark and I did the audio and all that, uh, and maybe maybe I'll put it into my email this week so people can enjoy it uh, in memory of uh, Gil Renan. But anyway, that was obviously a mentally. I went to the funeral. I said Kaddish at the funeral, and now once again I am saying Kaddish for another eleven months. Wow. Y- yet ag- yet again, <laughs> I'm like I got some kind of like Kaddish thing going on. I do it once a day though, meaning to say my my rule is. It doesn't have to be all three prayers, but once a day. Uh, you know, at the risk of abstracting, but I think it's important that people know that it, it used to be, if you look in the classic literature, um, someone who takes their own life is is really seen to be as uh, someone who's sinning. You know, it's like you know, God gives us our life and, and it's not a permission that we have. And so therefore, um, there are all kinds of strictures about the burial, about how long you say Kaddish. But I think one of the important um shifts in consciousness that's represented by Jewish laws is now just a deeper understanding that um, the the tragic either mental illness or just simply um, loss of selfhood that leads to such an act is actually uh, a disease just like, God forbid, cancer. Right. So therefore, in, in sort of normative law now, a person is considered in the exact same way and is given the same honor. And, and it's just, a, I think, an understanding of how our our relationship to human experience has advanced, I would even say, and it's reflected in law. Yeah, that's a great point, and I think, uh, first thing, I think a lot of people don't know that advancement in Jewish law. That's, it's also, that's why I'm mentioning it. Right, people don't know that, and some people actually wrote about it online, about Gil, giving him the, uh, you know, the, giving him a hard time 
post-mortem. Right. And I wrote to this person and I'm like, dude, A, that is just not the law anymore. And B, like, why are you ripping? Yeah, get off your horse, dude. Right. He was, But then he t- replied, and, and there's some concern like this, that when important or well-known people commit suicide, then it starts a wave uh, or just some kind of justification. Okay, but that's not a reason to falsify what the halakha is. Right. Or to sort of posthumously do more damage to a person. Right. I mean, it's true, but, but there are ways in which we can be out there, we can be aware, we can give people the love and care and attention and medical attention right. that can help them. I want to tell people, really, um, some people think that Gil died for, killed himself for different reasons. The real truth is, and I know, the real truth is he was depressed. He had clinical depression for a long time. And there's another really simple reason, two simple reasons. One is that he, uh, how do, what's the word in English? He's niach. He, uh, he, he uh, sort of neglected. Neglected. He neglected his, uh, uh, his health. And the other thing is, which is the real killer, friends, he was alone. He lived alone. Mm. That that's the killer. I, I'm yeah. telling you that it, that is the killer. And I, lotov. That's, that's the original lotov right. to be alone. Right, right, um, right, right. And and it's and or or we learned it in a different way from Choni Hamagel, uh, who the famous story is that he slept for seventy years, and he comes into society and tries to say that he's Choni. Nobody believes him, and then he dies. He expires from that, saying O Chavruta O Mituta. Either. Yeah. And what now? Now that's that phrase means in the yeshiva world, either learn in chavruta or death. Right. But that's not what it means. What it means is be part of your time. Right. Be connected to society. Yep. And so and so and so in the end, it's going to sound super trite, super super trite. But it's love. It's love that 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 heals. It's love that keeps people alive. It's the tie that binds. Yeah. So even if you're living in the type of pain that depression can put you through, at least. You're still attached to the world. Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> you know, I'll tell you something. Just, just, just another like funny parentheses is that uh, where he used to live beforehand, before this this last place that he lived in, he had a dog. Mm-hmm. But where he moved now, the landowner did not allow him to have a dog. Oh, that could be a real loss. Yeah, like he never he mentioned it to me once that he missed his other dog or whatever it is. But like I, I realized, had he even had a dog? Yeah. Had he even had a dog? You know. For sure. Anyway, it's real emotional companionship. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's something. It's something alive. It's yeah, something alive. Yeah, you're not something alone. Alive. Anyway, real heartbreaker. So that's another discombobulation. And another discombobulation is this upcoming mega trip that I'm having, which is going to include APAC. It's going to include TV appearances. Oh, you're it's not boycotting APAC? I've heard that we're supposed to be boycotting APAC. Boycotting APAC. I'm psyched for APAC. <laughs> APAC this year is so filled with action. We're talking about. I think it's always action, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. But this year, being an Israeli election year, being the the advent of this Ilhan Omar and the Muslim Brotherhood Coalition there in the American Congress. Plus the deal of the century. Deal of the century. Plus APEC came out with these phrases against Netanyahu. And and, and plus Ilhan says bad stuff about APEC. It's going to be marvelous. The pot is boiling. The pot is boiling. And I'm going to be there in Washington. It's going to be fun, fun, fun. It's it's just going to be fun. It's just going to be fun. You love a good fight. It's going to be... it's gonna, and everybody's gonna be fighting, so it's gonna be just fun. It's gonna be a big old mud Jewish. wrestle. It's <laughs> gonna be so Jewish. It's gonna be Jewish. It's gonna be Jewish. I'm picturing like one time. of the early world Zionist congresses, like oh brutal, something like that. And it's in Washington, and Washington has an has its own energy. It's a completely it has a, it has a lot of energy. Washington, yeah. Washington, Washington is its own. Um, 
you know, gravitational universe. I, I, by the way, I, I'll tell you something. I feel a lot of times gravities in great cities and great places. Like I could feel the gravity of, you won't believe this. this is a funny thing. I, I went down to Tel Aviv this, this uh, last week mm-hmm. and I'll go down today. I have a hard time leaving Tel Aviv. The gravitational pull of it just pulls me in. It's so... You won't believe it, but I was in Tel Aviv last night. Yeah, and? I, I mean, the last time I was in Tel Aviv, it's been literally years. No way. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and we were nowhere that anybody else ever goes. My wife wanted to show me a few parts of our country that I had never seen before. Okay. Do you know that there is this amazing nutty guy who has one of the larger collect- private collections of Yiddish literature tucked away in the old central bus station in Tel Aviv? No, I did not. The, like you, you, like You have to see it to believe it. You're sitting in this room piles of Yiddish books and all kinds of crazy stuff. And every 30 seconds, the whole room shakes because the buses are going overhead. It's just like, it's, it beyond, sounds like, it's beyond bizarre. It sounds like something out of like a, it's a combination of like Blues Brothers and it, I don't know what. Beyond bizarre. Yeah. That's weird. And yeah, and that old bus station is... I was on Rothschild Street recently and it was just like, wow, this thing is hopping like anything. This is the other side of Tel Aviv. Yeah, no, I remember the old bus station. I, I never liked it there, obviously. It was just an old, uh, whatever, but... Uh-huh, so she went to show you some of the uh, down and out areas of, of our beloved that country. That we got some uh, phenomenal Ethiopian food. Oh yeah, those are good. Those yeah. are good. Yeah, that's good. What'd you eat? I don't know. Okay, okay. <laughs> so uh, wait, how did we get on this? Oh, so so Washington is a very heavy Gravity. city. Yeah, gravity's and and with APAC, the whole thing it's going to be just a. Uh, then I'm going up to our, one of our beloved uh, listeners to the show, friends of mine, uh, whose name is Andy, uh, out of Connecticut, and I'm going to be doing a gig at like Temple. Shalom, or is it Beit Shalom, uh, in uh, Greenwich, Connecticut, Thursday mm-hmm. night. This is a this is a, a liberal place, and we're gonna have a great time. And they're still letting you in. I I am always happy to be the token fig leaf settler. Okay, <laughs> if I could play that role for you, I'll do it. Anybody listening here that wants the uh, you know token settler, I'm happy to play that role. I think I think that's a, it's a great honor to be in that role. I'm I'm happy. By the way, speaking of that, Maka just spoke for Hartman, and they loved it. Oh yeah, yeah. Malka just spoke for the Hartman Institute again, another liberal institution, and 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 they loved it. They they really loved it. So so that's that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited for a, a long and exciting trip. But all that has led to some discombobulation. Oh, not to mention, uh, let's see which front in Israel is not hot right now. Gaza front hot, Temple Mount hot, North of Israel hot. Okay, everything is like when I say hot. The sea's I, still cold; it hasn't heated up yet. No, yeah, but but like the, the the there's like yeah, it's a little bit nuts. Yeah, the 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 bad guys are brimming. Okay. Yeah, and our and our the, you know the minister for public security just knows that to crack down on the Temple Mount right now is 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 basically just to like push down hard. You remember when you were a kid and you would put a pile of caps and you would like hit it with a hammer and it would just go boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He's like, I could come down with a hammer on what's happening right now, but. Boom! Like I don't want to be that guy. So he's gonna yeah. he's gonna try to avoid it. We'll see what happens uh, because what happened was is that they opened up a new an old new. There's nothing new. There's a section called the the uh, what the what the Christians call the Golden Gate, which we call Charachamim or the Mercy yeah. Gate. Uh, long and storied place there, and it was been closed off for many years. And then the the Muslim, by court order by court order, and the Muslim worshippers entered it and turned it into an insta mosque, which is, by the way, not so hard. Just put down some carpets and... And start praying. Yeah, so it's all good. And then it becomes an ancient mosque <clears throat> from antiquity, uh, from, be- from be- before Muhammad's time. Um, and so, and so uh, the, the police wants to get them out of there. They want to pray there. And 
and the and the whole thing is is on edge. I saw yesterday videos of just fisticuffs on the Temple Mount. I'm sure they were throwing multiple cocktails, multiple cocktails, fighting, pushing, punching, like the whole thing. So 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 the whole area is you know, and then and then Netanyahu came out with some kind of phrase about Israel being a Jewish state only. This lit up the liberal world, right? And and even Gal Gadot, whose whose other role is Wonder Woman, came out against the prime minister. All these models are against the prime minister. I mean, who do you who do you go with? You know, our, our excellent prime minister. All these uh, attractive models. What Wonder do you, Woman. Duh. Yeah, duh, exactly. <laughs> so, so, so the, the, all all that is going on. And at the same time, after Gil's death, I really uh, have also said to myself, just take a take deep breath. And just just be so samach. I have been just really focused on trying to just be good to my wife, good to my kids, give them a sense of a, of a good life, and and be thankful for what you got. Just be thankful for what you got. Be thankful for every breath, every coffee, not cough, co- coughing. You know, my lungs have, in your lungs as well. I've not yet, and that's because our listeners are not praying for us as much as we need Ooh, them to. That's what we, That's basically what it is. We just need our listeners to just say. Isha Yaakov uh, ben uh, Tziona and uh, Michal Mordechai ben Be- Blumasara. Michal Mordechai ben Blumasara to have a sure flash them up for their lungs that they need to do the show for for us. You know, do it, do it as a self interested thing. Clear us you know? out, people. Yeah, help us with the with the lung thing, and we're also suffering from a little bit of allergies. In any case, what am I getting to? Life is a little bit. Life is wild. Life is nuts. But I am personally, after my my good friend's passing, just deciding to just really. And I also heard Lisa Aiken speak on Shabbos, famous writer and Jewish psychologist. She just said that they really studies have shown that the one thing that really stops people from getting into depression is to just pick three things and to be thankful for them every day, and and to just really think about that. I'm just being thankful. And then somebody else said to me, if you just describe what is the process of biting into and eating a peanut butter sandwich, the whole process. From beginning to end, you will remember the miracle of God's gift of life. Okay? And you get that yeah. <laughs> peanut butter thing in your mouth. It yeah. always makes you smile. Yeah. I, I think we were talking more from a biological point of view. Oh, sorry. Any, that's okay. Okay. Um, with all that, with all that, we also enter a new book. I had a big schut, the Shabbat, to be at the Dead Sea to have Shvi, the Chazak, the seventh uh, Aliyah, which was really, I thought to myself, what a lucky thing to, like, if there's any book that ends awesomely, all the books end awesomely, actually. Uh, but but but, yeah, but this one's like yeah, high like, drama, right? It's like it's like and 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 and, and here's the presence of God on Earth. There, there it is, and there it is, <laughs> the presence of God on Earth. That's I really liked goal. what we said last week, by the way. About I'm about, sure I did too. Yeah, <laughs> why this is it became a kedvar Torah. Why does Moses not able? He's certainly able to go into the cloud at Sinai, right? But unable to enter the cloud in the in the in the Mishkan. Because that's a much higher level. It is. It's a much higher level. It's it's in a sense. I'm of course speaking, you know, tongue in cheek a little bit. It's like easy to come up to God, in His place. Yeah. It's much harder to bring Him down here, into our little place. He we can fit into His world. Yes. But He can't exactly fit into our world. No, that. But that's why He created our world. F- favorite favorite Chazal phrase of like really number one, two, or three up there is, who. Mekomo shel olam ve'en ha'olam mekomo. That's right. <laughs> that's the best one. That's Rabbi like Yossi. that. That's a that's a that's a phrase that is um that's like that's like Tao Te Ching like you know like like. Well, there's a whole theology that flows from it. Right. Let's just translate that. Go ahead. Is that well, he, the world is not his place. Rather, he is the place of the world. 
Darn it, that is good. Yeah. That is just good. Panentheism, for those of you out there who are into philosophy. You remind us? Panentheism is exactly that. It's that as opposed to pantheism, which is world is God, and as opposed to true theism, which is God exists outside of the world, panentheism is that the, the whole world is God within God. Meaning that the whole world is God, but it, God is not limited to the world. Panentheism. Panentheism, yeah. That is a fun new word for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Panentheism. What do you say? What is the right English word for a person who has, a, he, is, he is theologically inclined. He believes that there's a God. Mm-hmm. In simple terms, what's a word for that? Like, he is a, he's not a theist, right? That's, a, that's, a, that's not correct. No, I mean, a theist is a philosophical stance, that there, there is a God who exists outside of the world. How do I say in non like Jewy terms like that that man? Well, he's a he's a believer. He's, he's, he's a, he believes God, he's that there's a God. God fearing man. He's a God centered. Yeah, he believes that there's a God. God fearing is, yeah. is the word. No, that but God fearing is like a religious terminology. I understand. But yeah. it's by a, the way, God fearing that's great. You know what I mean? That's I mean, that's it's kind a, of a religious stance. Don't you want that, that at the end of your life to say it, that people will say? I mean, it's it's nice that you, when you hang around the funerals and cemeteries, which I, for some reason, you in my tend life, to do. Yeah. it's weird. But like, you do want people say about you, like you think to yourself, "Well, what is the what is the catchphrase that I want about me at the, at the end of my life?" And you certainly want to, people to say about you, like he feared God. He 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 was he he was uh, not only was he an Ovedash and did he serve God, but but he had uh, like here in Hebrew. If I think about who I want my daughter to marry, mm-hmm. so I want somebody that somebody says about him. He's got yirat shemaim. Right. He's got yirat shemaim. Remember that that the word yira in Hebrew carries connotations of both fear and awe. Right. right? And it's important to remember that it's not simply a, a trembling before God, but it's a sense of the awesomeness of the presence and 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 the scale of the universe as soon as you let God in. Right. So so um, panentheism. Pan, well, but I think that in the end of the day, we all want to be known as God. It's fearing God and loving man. Mm-hmm. Right. That that's the key combination. Mm-hmm. Okay, Bezrat Hashem, and uh, so this show today is dedicated to my good friend Gil Renan, and um, miss you, buddy. I tap well, like when they were putting him into the grave. I I like like his body was enshrouded, but I tapped his hand, and I said, "See you, buddy." That's what I said to him. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that means. Whatever. Weird things happen in funerals. Oh, you know, yeah. weird, th- weird things happen. I got right. to, I got to speak. That was really nice. Mm. I can say, but I'm not a guy. Like if I'm gonna like do my crying, I like I don't do it in like the big setting. It's like it's just yeah, not. Well. I just something okay. shuts down. I like I can't. I, go, I get a little like blank faced. But anyway, certainly cried for my for my friend and Allah Shalom. Okay, but at the same time, we and I think our friend Gil uh, would have would have uh, does push us in this direction which the is the show must go on the show goes on Avanti we move forward yeah um, and uh, and we're gonna rock it so this week's Torah portion is Vayikra new book begins uh, it's the the third book of uh, Leviticus uh, last week we completed the book of uh, Exodus uh, 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 Shemot which uh, concluded the description of the construction of the tabernacle. This week, we uh, now start to provide a description, and really the law comes down to Moses about various sacrifices. We're going to get into the guts of the thing. This is going to get into the guts of it. That's right. Uh, um, uh, that's a good um, pun. Uh, and I, I must say, it, it's, it's not easy. It's, it's just not easy stuff. And the reason it's not easy is because it's just foreign. I, my hat goes off to those Jews Whose who's, who's mikdash consciousness makes this stuff not foreign to them. There are those. Yeah, there sure. are those. For sure. and, and, and you know them and you meet them. And I just, I, you know, when I meet those people who understand this stuff deeply, I really hats off to them. I don't. 
okay, and I struggle through it. So this book is always the the, the sacrificial part of the book. Uh, always is a challenge to me, and as every year I say, I'm 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 excited for the challenge this year, uh, and I have some ideas about how to how to get through it. In any case, the various sacrifices, which include animal, kosher animals, kosher fowl, and very interestingly, very interestingly, meal offerings, meaning to say the carbs. Okay, basically, well, it's animal, car- vegetable, and mineral. Don't forget the salt. And right, okay, great, we're going to get to that. So animal, vegetable, it's the meal offerings. Right and mineral salt the salt okay, and we'll also learn about we'll also learn about the things that we live with in this world which are cool and not cool for the mikdash for example salt, absolutely necessary honey no 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 on honey maybe you'll have a thought about that we'll get there we'll get there in a second the I'm, sugar I'm, industry is fighting against they're trying to get those verses removed okay <laughs> okay so so um, fine so the priest and 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 the priest action and all that. In the first Aliyah, Moses, God calls out to Moses from the, from the tabernacle, teaches him the laws of the elective burnt offerings, the Olah sacrifice. This um, Aliyah discusses the laws of cattle, sheep, and the goat, Olah. Okay, Olah is, uh, <laughs> that's right. So, so but, but before we get to, to those questions, just very quickly, uh, some important words that we see. We, we um, see the first word of this, of this book, and it's contrasted. Vayikra, it's contrasted to how God called out to him in a loving fashion as opposed to how God calls out to another mega prophet, uh, which is Bilam, the bizarro prophet, the evil prophet, the, the anti-prophet, the anti-matter, whatever you want to call him, the other side of the equation, which, which is cool that it exists, right? Like, like somehow there is a dark power in this world that's empowered, uh, but the way that's reached out to him is through Vayikar, Right, uh, and it's without that olive, mm-hmm. and it is uh, a lower form, a more. Uh, 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 what's the word in English? There's a word. Uh, it's a more um, rough, more like crude. Crude. There's another word related to crude also, which is like when something is just a little like crude. Base. Yeah, ba- so something about that relationship is is it's there. There's a relationship there, but it ain't it ain't in the in, well, in the beautiful kind of. Kind of holiness. Well, that the, Moses the, can. the the point that Rashi, who, who brings the midrash, to explain, is that uh, the kriya that Moshe experiences, the calling, precedes every dibur and amira. Meaning, there's there's communication as content. If I want to give you information, then all I really need you to do is to just receive it. But there's also communication as an establishing of intimacy. And if that's going to be the case, there has to be a kriya. God has to say to Moshe, Moshe. Moshe comes to full presence, oh, yes, Lord, and then God tells him what it was. But there are two things happening there, as opposed to Bilam, the keri, the, 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 the happenstance or, or circumstance that happens in their relationship, is God isn't interested in an intimate relationship mm. with Bilam. Right. Bilam plays an important role, like you said, in some theology of, of there being another side and so the nations could never say if we'd had a Moshe, <clears> we would have listened, or what have you, however the sages deal with it. But Bilam's role is not an act of intimacy. He's not establishing a model for the human-divine relationship. Right. And so, therefore, there is no kriya. There's no calling forth of the fullness of Bilam before there's a communication. There's only the utilitarian element of mm-hmm. communication, mm-hmm. which is why he thinks he can have the same effect on God. And we'll, we'll speak about when we get to Bamidbar and like figure out that one moment of the day where God will be angry and he can like pull one over on the on the Holy One, as it were. Mm. So it's a very different model of relationship before right. you can get into the mode of communication. Right. You can you can just imagine that in the day to day life, you have to learn how to communicate with a lot of people. But there's a difference between communicating with your child and communicating with uh, the, uh, the the phone 
company's representative on the phone, right? Yeah, and, and this is a model, by the way, it's an important point you're making is that there's, you know, it's always important if you are the listener, always remember there's a voice before there are words, right? Try to hear when you're reading the text, hear the voice behind the words. God's calling to you or your, your spouse is, is calling to you or your child is calling to you beyond what it is they're asking for right. you. And in the, in, on the, in the inverse, in this case, if you want to speak to another person, make sure you evoke them as a person and not just as a, a um, sort of a target of your need to communicate. Say, oh, hey, Ishai. Oh, hey, we're here together. Oh, I also wanted to tell you something. That's why I called your name. Right. But, but there's a recognition of the wholeness of other that shifts the relationship beyond the communication. And what you're saying now also reminds me of another Rashi in the Swiss Torah portion, which is that the pauses are important. It's the same Rashi. Right. Okay, it's the same one. It's right at the it's top the same there. Rashi right at the beginning. The, because he says there was no Kriya before the pauses. There was only the Kriya before the Amir and the Dibur. Then he asked the question, well, if that's the case, why are there the pauses? And it's in order that Moshe should have time litbonen ben parsha the parsha. You have to have a time to, to absorb and reflect. Same, same Pasuk, different Rashi. Same Pasuk, different Rashi. Yeah, okay. Yeah, same. yeah, yeah, yeah. Same place. Right. So, 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 so you're saying take, the, take, them, take those... The pauses matter. The white space matters. Absolutely. In the Torah. Take a moment. It's, it's teaching us, like, I'm not just downloading info to you. I want you to contemplate and understand. I want you to, 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 to think, like, those pauses, I, I, you need those pauses. This, this, by the way, the Rashi's on this Pasuk, are, there's an entire derech, entire path in interpersonal communication. Because what he's also telling you is when someone is speaking to you, do, you there, there's a very important moment in which your response is silence. Mm-hmm. Not because you have nothing to say, but because what they've said matters so much is you need to let it resonate within you before you would presume to even say, I hear you, much less respond. And that, that's a humongous thing in, in public speaking, in teaching, in parenting, which is to just, just acknowledge that, that something was heard, to, 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 to say... And I and I and I also I teach this to my children. I say to them, the the most important thing when you're talking to somebody, to be able to be an intelligent and intellectual person is to be able to say, uh, and and I find this also because I deal with people on the other side of the political aisle is just to say, that's a really good question. Like I can understand where you're coming from with this really excellent question. I I hear I didn't, I haven't thought that through or let me think that through whatever phrases that say I'm not just gonna this is not just a war that you shot a shell at me and I'm gonna shell it, sh- shoot a shell at you right it's it's just like uh huh yes and many times when I'm speaking with with groups that are on the other side of the political aisle like I'll say to them that's a that's a really excellent question you're absolutely right that there's a question there I too have grappled with this question let me give to you now what I think is the answer mm. and that just that really changes the whole attitude of like left right and in America right now in this in this in this whole polarization that's what you get it's like smash 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 okay. or on any given Israeli talk show yeah, yeah, Israeli talk shows. They, that's even different. They just interrupt one another. That's even. That's not even. They're not even smashing. Yeah, they're just. Yeah, it's. it's uh, you, I don't even understand what they're doing. That 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 just doesn't just even make sense. Me like, yeah, what do you? And then what, the and the moderator in the mirror going, like, wait, 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 yeah. wait. Yeah. Like, what a waste. Uh, there is one more point here uh, about communication, which is where the communicate communication came from. And uh, th- and that that basically God was speaking, and nobody heard it except for Moses. 
and the voice. What is the voice, says Rashi? This is the voice that is mentioned in the Psalms. Kol Hashem B'Koach, Kol Hashem B'Adar. Hashem's voice is in strength. It is in is in beauty or in perfection. Um, it breaks, tre- if God's voice breaks trees, as it says in the Psalm, Psalm uh, 29. Uh, and therefore, and it says that the voice kind of never stopped, right? The, the voice never stops. Like I always like to say, God broadcasts 24 hours a day. You just have to tune in. That's right. Right? And where, and where, did, this, where did this voice come from? Uh, it came from above the Ark of the Covenant, Right in between, there's the there's the covering, the lid. Remember the show? We had a show called Put a Lid on It, right? <laughs> and that was your idea. And then we had, on top of the lid are these two cherubs. And equidistant between the four wings, right in the center, is where the voice came out from. He came. The voice came out from somewhere. It wasn't just a general voice. It wasn't a bot call. It was a specific voice. It came from a place, and 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 that is where it broadcast from. So, so you're right. This whole Rashi, that's a great, that's a great uh, thing that you showed us, Rabbi Mike, which is this whole Rashi is really about how God communicates with mankind and who he does, how he does not communicate and how he does communicate. And, and, and I think that also here goes into the question of specifics. If there's a book in the whole 24 books of the Bible that is the book of specifics. Oh, this is it. This is it. This is the book where like, if you're like a... A person who wants to do away with the quote-unquote do away with the law, this is the book that you got to do away with because this is the book of the law and the book of pedantics and specifics. And, and whatever is written, much more is written on top of that to explain the specifics of the specifics. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that the pedantics already... And I, just, I just meant to say that, therefore, this is a specific spoken thing as opposed to God speaking to the whole world and generally and everybody can hear him equally. God's yeah. in our hearts and he's everywhere. And but that's why I said that, that the setup at the end of the book of Shemot flows in the Jewish mind directly to Vayikra because the idea of giving God place on earth is that earth is a place, like, this is the world in which specifics matter, in which actions matter. In, in which which bodies matter, right? We're, we're not a world-rejecting people as other cultures have chosen. We're a people that says God created the world. Every single piece of it matters. Now, you can take like a, well, let's call the occasionalist approach. That means God is micromanaging. Or you can take a more, um, you know, sort of a existentialist approach, which is that I have the ability to give meaning to each piece. That doesn't really matter to me. The key is, though, the, I think that the, that the, that the way to unlock a sense of joy and purpose in the world is to engage every single thing that you meet, every person, every moment, every object, as an opportunity for service. Right? And, and that's what the Book of Aikra is about. I want to say one thing about that, which is, that's true. And most of the time, when we're in a good place in life, that's exactly when we can do that. You know? We're mm-hmm. like, wow, you know what I mean? Uh, this this, this uh, person, I just bumped into this person, he said something to me. Right. <laughs> it happened to me at the Dead Sea. I, I, I heard about this bad news on WhatsApp. Ooh. That's all right. People get upset about that. I, didn't, I don't get upset about that. That's the mode of communication today. Uh, and then I called the, his, uh, Gil's son, and I heard the news. And when I heard you know, how he died and all that, like I, 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 choked, I was at the hotel in the lobby, like in a corner, and I choked up, and I like cried a little bit. And then somebody came to me and tapped me on the shoulder, gave me a cup of water. It was the guard. Wow. So I went outside, this and that, this and that. I walk back in. The guard says to me, are you okay, brother? And I'm like, I first I couldn't even tell if he was an Arab or a Jew. 
because he had a funny haircut, whatever it is. Within a few minutes of talking to him, I figured out that he was a Jew. Not only was he a Jew, but this Jew had lost his baby son three weeks prior. And his son only survived less than 30 days. And he talked and talked to me about the rabbis that he met, about the fact that that, that the rabbis told him that this means that it was only a kapara. You're not supposed to sit shiva for this baby. You're not supposed to say Kaddish. You're supposed to just go on. This baby came into this world to do some kind of like mini sacrifice, mini, mini, mini healing of something. And Zeu. And this guy, like, and so, so I felt the hand of God come down on me and say to me, Ishai, like, like it's besetter. It's okay. Or at least it will be. Right. So, so there are moments when we can really see that we could see that but then there are moments when you're just stressed out in the morning and your kid's throwing a tantrum he's ripping off the diaper and then they spill stuff in the car and you got to get to the, the and mm-hmm. the this and the that and you you can and you can lose that 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 feeling sure, but all you're saying is that that we're not perfect right meaning remember it's important to remember that is that that the, <clears throat> the truth of the first half doesn't dissolve in the experience of the second no no i i god forbid what i meant to say only was that what i what 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 is the big trick is to engage that yeah. gear. Yeah, when you're not at your top. No, right. Sure. No, for sure. When you're when you're in the bad place. I mean, I had a student come to me uh, the day before yesterday. We were speaking about you know theodicy. Why do bad things happen to good people? You know, yeah. like big theological questions. And you, you, theodicy. Theodicy. Right. I'm just theodicy. Right. Yeah. No wrong class. Yeah. Right. Um, and she actually what was like one of the most incredible observations I've ever had a student make. She says, you know, I'm not really bothered by this whole evil, bad thing. It seems to me like that makes sense. It's like big, dramatic. She's like, you know what bothers me where I question God? I said, what? She said, banality. I said, what do you mean? She's like, I don't know, like social media influencers pushing detox tea on Instagram. She's like, where's God in that? Right. And I said, Gavalt, that is a really good question. Right, that's, that is a good question. Like, and it's much more relevant to the world in which we live. Like, drowning, like you're saying. I, I guess it's relevant. Uh, or or maybe, you know, when, I, when you grew up in America as a kid, you learn to understand that there is a ton of garbage. Yes. And as I was, as a child, and this is again what I teach my children right now, learn the difference between garbage TV or garbage... Media. Media, th- garbage broadcast of any kind. Yeah. Learn the difference between that and, and something that's quality and real. Yeah, but the question is, is God there too? God is there. Well, that, but you understand that's what she was saying. Yeah. She's saying that because I, I had made this assertion that Rav Cook says in Od Milvado is right. like Kipshuto. There is nothing other than God. She, she was saying like, and most people are challenged therefore by evil. And she's like, no, I get that. I get the evil right. thing. She's like, what I don't get is like, you know, like, you know, uh, 10 truckloads of plastic thingamabobbies from China. Right. She's like, God's there. Right. Speaking of that, Malka, my beloved wife, just got three little, like, fake little Game Boys from China to give to the kids to play video games uh, on Pesach. Now, you know what? See, I'll give you an example. Video games, to me, not the killing crazy kind, but in in some sense, a video game is less dumb than than just sitting there and becoming a passive person, you know. At least it's interactive. You're interactive. You're playing. You're, you're doing. You're, you know. You're 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 playing. You're you're playing, and it's fun for you. Mm-hmm. It's much less. There's something that happens to you when you get dumbed out by TV. Oh yeah. Anyway, uh, that's a good question about the banality. The answer, but the answer is that that is a philosophical question. The technical answer is 
stay away from it. Yeah, for sure. That's the answer. Well, that's the difference between philosophy and halacha. Right. Right. Meaning like lemaisa, practically speaking, filter people. Right. Filter filter, filter that Filter sucker. mercilessly. Like, right. Exactly. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go there because the answer is the people who create that stuff are themselves not putting God into it. Yeah. It's just like when you eat food. You eat food at a place where you're like, there's no love in this food. You eat at a place where there's love. What's the hell's the difference? You know, it's like, uh, oh, somebody put love into it. They put love into this food when they made it. Mm-hmm. Same thing. When you have media content, like, did this person put God or, or, or depth into it or, or not? Even, or even just themselves. Right. You listen to your shows, for example, the Jewish story. You can feel yourself. You feel the God. You feel the history. It's, 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 it's depth. Okay, sometimes it's a big old spoon of, of, uh, of, uh, of grape nuts, it's, you know? It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's racking me right now. I hope you people are chewing away because it's racking me. I think next week I'm going to do something about Purim and just take a little bit of a break. <clears throat> good stuff. Good stuff on the show right now. You're covering great stuff about really the formation of American Jewry, their relationship to, to Zion. Even, even Ori Karzan from, from the director general of Hebron came up to me and said, you know, I really understood from Rabbi Mike's show that American Jewry was really set up to help Israel, give shoulder to Israel, not to be Israel, not yes. to move to Israel. That whole but, model of Zionism was fundamentally different. Right, so that, that, that was like an eye-opening thing for him. Okay, let's, let's keep going. We're in the second Aliyah. God teaches Moses about the foul Ola offering. Uh, this Aliyah continues with a description of three types of voluntary meal offerings. Unbaked flour, baked loaves. There's many kinds of loaves. All kinds there's of loaves. Like four, I think there's four we different... Got, we got donuts, we got bagels, we got pita, we got it all here. Yeah, but no, there's I'm not like kidding. there's like ripped fried ripped and that's fried. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We, have, we have boiled and fried. Right. That's a bagel. No, <laughs> I, guess I mean so. boiled and baked, sorry, that's right. a bagel. We got the fried. It's a it's a pancake, not right. a donut. But yeah, it's a, my, my son was very surprised that like there was pans back then. He's like I am like, "Yeah, there were frying pans." Sure. Right right when he asked me about that, right on the stove was a was a pot and a frying pan. I'm see, here's a deep pot, yeah. which is one thing, and here's a frying pan, that's another thing. Uh, right, the shallow fried meal offering, right? Fried. If I had to like like live on a desert island, I need a frying pan. That's going to be my thing. That's like I think uh, it's the, the way, ultimate. The walk. The walk, right? Okay. It's okay. everything. It's everything. You can do everything with you it. You can bake in it. All voluntary meal offerings also contain olive oil and frankincense. Don't mind the moon next time. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so also contain olive oil and frankincense. Here's, here's where I want to get to. The third aliyah describes the last type of voluntary meal offering, which is the deep fried meal offering. When we say oh, meal, we just, a, we just mean a, a carb, right? We mean a, we mean a, 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 a flour. Wheat. Right. It's wheat. And the mandatory barley offering, which is called the Omer offering, brought on the second day of Passover coming up soon. Now, Listen, slow down. Okay. We haven't got the Purim yet. Yeah. <laughs> but still, Passover is, is right, right around the corner. I, know, I don't talk about Passover until after Purim. I understand that. But, you know, uh, by the way, I want to thank God for, uh, with the speed of life, I also want to thank God for Google Calendar. I just want to thank God for Google Calendar. Me and my wife, we share a calendar. We stick things on the calendar. We see each other's calendars. It's great. Here's where I wanted to get to today. God instructs the Jews to add salt to every animal sacrifice or meal offering, a symbol of our ever-lasting uh, salt covenant with God. Yes. Salt covenant with God. Salt covenant with God. What's that about salt covenant with God? God puts salt in the wounds. That's the way it works. No, come on. Okay. Uh, I saw Rashi that said, basically, this was to give the seas a place in this uh, in this story. Well, we got to go back to creation, right? right. The, on the second day of creation, God divided the waters above and the waters below. And jealousy erupted in Maisa Breshi because the waters below said, hey, that's not fair. 
the waters above are like close to you, God, and we're stuck down here on good old, you know, third planet from the sun. So God made a promise that there are two ways that the waters below will always be united with God. And that is they'll be poured out on the altar all seven days of Passover, or sorry, of Sukkot, right? That as the, what's called Nisuchamayim, right? The water ceremony. And that all the sacrifices will have salt with them. But here's the question, right? Pass the salt. Pass the well, yeah, yeah. The salt. <laughs> yeah, okay. But, but here's the question. Yeah. It was a promise by God that, that um, those waters below would always be united. So for the last 2,000 years, there hasn't been an altar. Mm-hmm. So what happens to God's promise? And the, and the beauty of it is, is you can understand from this why the table in your home is meant to be a reproduction of the altar. Right. Right. And that's why we use salt. One of the reasons that we use salt when we eat bread, you know, when you make the hamotzi offering, which, you know, today people don't eat bread. It's like poison to them. But once upon a time, <laughs> it was it was at the staff of life after all. It's like what you ate. And so there's yeah. a very important structure. I'm not going to do it right now, but you can lay out, particularly on Shabbat, but really it's relevant for all, all the days of the week, how the, the table at the center of your home is meant to be the altar. And therefore the salt that you use on your bread when you're making a mozi on a daily basis is a way in which you're reuniting heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a small piece of the insight that's offered here. Okay, so salt makes sense to me, and I like how you said before, animal, vegetable, mineral, fine, great. But you would think that honey would have a place inside the temple. You would think so. Honey is a very special thing. Uh, it's 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 pretty unique in that it's made by a non-kosher animal. Right, although the honey here um, doesn't mean necessarily mean, bees honey. It means se. date honey. It can mean any sweetener. Mm-hmm. That's what Rashi says. Mm-hmm. Honey, very interesting question about what honey is. Um, um, for example, in land of milk and honey, I contend, as opposed to other people, that it does mean bees honey when it says land of milk and honey. I'll explain that later, but uh, or in a different show. But sorry, um, right? But but but. But how come we're not allowed to use any sweetener? Things are sweet enough or what? Well, it's not just sweetener. It's also no, no, nothing that's fermented. Right. Right. And um, Leavened. Leavened. Right. Well, that's the same thing. Right. The, and I think that the reason I mentioned, I think, is that... There are two exclusions to the leaven prohibition, but most of the time you're not allowed to bring leaven. Well, not, no, neither of them is brought actually on the altar. Mm-hmm. There is a hakashah. There, there, there are breads that are brought sort of to the altar, but not burned on the altar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they, part of the I reason... I mean, there's le- leavening and sweetening have, have a relationship. But that's exactly what I'm driving at. Yeah. Is in, the leavening and sweetening have a relationship in that they represent the human ability to um, sort of advance God's base-level creation, right? You know, Aggrandize. Oh, but and I don't mean that in a negative sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you take flour and water, you mix them together. Matzah's great. Listen, yeah. I don't mind, but like, it, it's hard to compare it to like a good, you know chunky sourdough <laughs> it's like right. wow you know and 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 listen to the, the things of the world that are sustaining and salty and savory they're wonderful but like wow you, you get that dip that apple in the honey and you just your eyes light up yeah right there's 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 a certain extra capacity that it involves here's an interesting thing that i'm that i think about you know it's one of those weird things that niggles at your mind for mm-hmm. and just for example you go to a vacation and you un- you pack everything up nicely. Then when you try to pack everything back in in the hotel, you just jam it in. Well, it takes up a lot more room. Sure. What's taking up that room? Air. Your lack of order. Right. Lack of order. Ca- chaos. But yeah. the, but well, what is that lack of order? Air. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's yeah. the difference Space. between a matzah and uh, and and the nice fluffy uh, challah? Air. Mm-hmm. Right. Like like room. Like that that blank space. 
you know but the, but there's something kind of like there's something kind of like what's matzah it's like it's like base like it's just simple. the simple and it's like it's like no frills baby that's right a- and flour water and effort right and and it's flat and it just it says something to you it's it's it sends a, a simple programming which is like remember what you are don't aggrandize don't be you know don't be fluffy just just be the 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 stuff that you need to be right um and i don't know there's a big lesson in life about that i like for example let's say you you, you don't ha- you have something let's say your car you don't love your car you know, but you could say, you know what? Thank God I have a car. You yeah. know, here in Israel, by the way, if you even have a car, it used to be that way. You just have wheels. Great. You're yeah. like, you're rolling. You're great. You're just happy to have a, you know, as we say, a taranta, a, a junky car. We should keep it that way. The the material culture creeping yeah. up on us here is not a, a, not a source of joy in my eyes. Mm. It's yeah. It's it's and it's creeping in. It's w- definitely creeping in. We're beyond creep at this point, but yeah. yeah. Uh, sometimes I love it. I mean, I love right here across the street from 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 Pardes is the wonderful Hadar Mall, which has been totally rebuilt. It used which to be has been rebuilt. the ghetto mall, of this right? Part of and Jerusalem. it's awesome. What do you mean by ghetto? No, just joking. Okay, so, so. I, I mean that they put the Jews in there, lock the gates, and don't let them out in the night. <laughs> yeah, but Jewish culture flourishes there. Yeah, well, it's all right. <laughs> okay. I'm in a, I'm on a project to reclaim ghetto for the Jews. Yeah, you've been talking about that. You're 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 a ghetto blaster. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> Good name for a show, right? Oh. <laughs> for your show. Okay, let's go. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. We, we got a lot to do, and we also get to get to the Megillah. Time is short. The master is pressing. That's right. The master is pressing. Let's keep going. So, so we talked a little bit about about salt. Yes, I mean salt v honey is very um, salt. Yes, honey. No. By the way, at the Dead Sea, I kept saying to people, and this actually, I, I was one of the first speakers in this land. Everybody kind of repeated this, which is the land of Israel you would think would have the highest mountain, Mount Everest, in the land of Israel. Nay, we do not have the tallest mountain, but we certainly do have, have the, the lowest, lowest place. place. So the Hashem says something to us about that. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I want you to be. I want you to be land of Israel is the lowest place in the, in the world. Has, or it has elements of the lowest places in the world, which means that... It's fit to receive. It's fit to receive. And, that, and, and I mentioned this, my, my, uh, my favorite book outside of Torah is the Tao Te Ching, and he says, why are the seas more powerful than the rivers? Because because they're lower. Mm-hmm. And they receive exactly that. Okay. Here we go. So so salt, yes. Uh, honey, honey, no. no. Aggrandizement, no. Baseline, what we need to be, yes. Fine. Then we get to the peace offering, the shlamim sacrifice. Um, a nice name for, for, um, for an offering. Uh, shlamim, it's nice. It's like shalem. It's like shalom. Uh, it can be brought from cattle, sheep, or goats was shared uh, by the altar, meaning to say some of it was consumed there, the animal fats, but the koanim and the donors of the sacrifice are given the bulk of the meat. The aliyah ends with the prohibition against consuming blood and specific fats which were offered on the altar. This is very tricky. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, if you've ever, like, it's so easy to say this, well, this fat, yes, this fat, no. If you've ever seen it done, and I have seen it done a few times. Oh, it's an art form. It's unbelievable, and it's really... The kosher butchering is an art form. Right, right. Yeah, you have to. See, yeah, I, I cannot describe it in words. You have to see it for yourself. What it means to cut out certain parts and to know what certain parts are. Not only is it an art form, but it's an artisan form. Meaning to say, you have to pass it from master to student. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. These prohibitions apply to all animals, even those not offered in the temple. Um, meaning to say that you could eat that you can, but you cannot eat parts of them. No tail fat for you. Tail fat. What is that tail fat? Is that is that like on the? I mean, I've got it. Is that? Is that <laughs> <laughs> Don't you? Let's not talk we about. Cut my that t- part out. Cut Let's not talk out. about my tail fat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mark this. Yeah, cut this out here. Um, 
Then we learn about, and my son and I were learning about this. Now we learn about the sin offering. There's really two kinds of sin offering. There's the sin offering and the guilt offering. They're related to sin offerings. Um, they're brought by an individual who's guilty of inadvertently tr- transgressing a sin. S- this section uh, discusses the unique chatat uh, sacrifices brought by a ha- Listen to this. This is Judaism. This is Judaism, right? We start with the book of Vayikra and we write into like, okay, how about a, how about a high priest who sins? Or the Sanhedrin. When your best leaders, when your number one people sin, what is their offering, okay? They, they issue an, an erroneous ruling which causes the populace to sin and a monarch who sins. So let's just discuss here today, right at the beginning, when the top people sin. The high priest, the supreme court, the king. Because it's going to happen. They are not infallible. Yep. They are not infallible, tells the Torah. In fact, in fact the Torah says to you, they're fallible. This is what they're going to have to do when they yeah. sin. And you front load this because then you create a society which is tilted toward people taking responsibility for their behavior. Right. I mean, think about it. The, the myth of infallibility in leadership creates a, a, a sense that, that that's what one ought to be. And therefore, there's only an incentive to cover up your sins. Whereas the notion that leadership is inherently fallible but nevertheless just moral, you know, uh, upright, etc., means that I can also be flawed and still be just, moral, uh, and upright. Mm. And it's a very important sort of top-down approach to, to the society. Not top-down. Yes, top-down, meaning here's your example. Uh, 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 that kind of top-down. Right. Here's, here's, right, here's right. your leadership example. Right, right, right. And right, if right. you think about it, this is consistent to the narrative parts of the Torah as well. All of their leaders have their flaws, their failures, yes. their challenges. He, here I have to give a thumbs up to America for a second. Mm-hmm. This is where America like came out... As, as, as I, I think one of the great unique experiments of mankind, the idea that the government is flawed and fundamentally is a bad thing which needs to have checks and balances yeah. and that they will, they shall abuse powers and that we will create a system in perpetuity that will make sure that these powers are not abused because we distrust government fundamentally. Or I would say it's slightly different, which is that we'll make sure that when they are abused that there are other bases of power within the government that can at least ameliorate that when was there in history such a gathering of people who were like listen we are the we are the power brokers yeah and we want to make sure that we create a system that does not empower us i tell you it's not an easy read but one of the more important books if you want to understand america and i think also like the human spirit in a certain sense the federalist papers yeah 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 yeah, yeah. In- incredible work and you get a very clear sense by the way that they they saw themselves as fulfilling a divine mission for humanity mm-hmm uh, I to to me that is America. Like to me that 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 is the real America. And all this materialism and all this junk and and pro wrestling and and the, and the, and QVC and 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 the the commercials that the the uh, cartoons for kids that like flip every two seconds and make your kids ADD on purpose. All that junk. All the shooting video games. All the all the all the you know the 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 gang shootings and all the drugs and all the crud of America is like you know that's that to me is the sad you know, extra part of it. But that's not the core of it. No, it's not. Although it raises a very interesting question about the human condition of what happens when you actually provide a situation of freedom and abundance. Yeah. Yep. That's back, back, right back to your student's question of the banality of dumbness. Yeah. Of, 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 of waste of time. That's right. And, and, Again, if, even if America was in conflict and didn't live, there's another aspect of it which it lives between these two, you know, quiet oceans and then Canada and Mexico. And it's, yeah, freedom of abundance yeah. and relative peace. Relative peace and a lot of money and, uh, you know, it's okay. So you, you, you lose purpose to live. 
It's a problem. But the idea that we just... Thank God it's a problem we don't have. That's a problem we don't have. <laughs> but still, though, uh, this this idea right here that, 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 that we learn about the sacrifices, the chatat sacrifices of all three... Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Leaders. Yeah. With Tops of the social the, pyramid. Right. The... the Divisions of society. What's it called? You know the 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 administration, the the police powers, the administration, the, the three kind of uh, something powers? of government, three something of government, three states, whatever, whatever it is. Okay, I just keep throwing words. Jim. Yeah, <laughs> not chapters of government. Bunny three. rabbits. Okay, <laughs> fine. It'll come back. Uh, a lucky listener should ha- hashtag it to me. I may have one extra book. One extra uh, uh, key Copy of rain. Of key rain. Yeah. Why, why? Someone rescinded their uh, I, I, their sense uh, of victory. Somebody didn't send me your address, and if you didn't send me your address, uh, I can't and send that, you the book. I can't send you the book. So you have to send me your address, and I like. I think I lost somebody along the way. I think I thought I had five. I, right now I have four. Mark is sending them out. I know we're being slow about it, but we'll do it. Fine. Here we go. Let's let's finish up with the uh, with the Torah portion of Vayikra. Finish up. Just we're just beginning. Uh, the Torah uh, discusses. The four and final, the fourth and final type of chatat that is come, that is of a common person who sins. Uh, this is sinner, a sinner, right? We'll we'll discuss in next week's port, Torah portion uh, another kind of of a of a worse sin kind of offering, which is called the guilt offering. It's guilt is definitely worse than sin. Yes, guilt is definitely worse than sin, right? And you know, also known as the Jew offering, where we feel guilty, or the Hungarian offering. Also discussed as the korban olev yored. The uh, vacillating sin offering brought by an individual guilty of s- certain specific sins. The, the the reason it's called that it's because it depends on the financial position of the transgressor. A wealthy person brought a sheep or a goat. A person of lesser means brought two birds, and a pauper brought a meal offering. And of course, you have to bring in your your tax returns to show which which offering you you should bring. And don't cheat because God knows. Finally, the section concludes the laws of the in the seventh aliyah. We talk about the korban olev yared as we we started, and then we move on to the to the last sacrifice discussed in this week's Torah uh, reading, which is the guilt offering. Right? Okay. That, that, right. Right. It's it starts here and it goes on to next week's Torah portion because I was learning it's guilt is the gift that keeps on giving. That's right. Uh, the asham sacrifice. Three types of asham sacrifices are discussed, and asham brought by one who inadvertently mis- misappropriates temple property. Sorry. I didn't um, know that gold vessel belonged to the temple. <laughs> that menorah looked just like the one in my house. Notice all my criminals have a British accent. Yes, and a sham that. brought by one who falsely swears regarding money owed to another. Okay, but of course, that does not uh, uh, up. Uh, like he, he still, you. Yeah, he still has to pay the principal amount and the punitive fine. Uh, and then, and the third one is the asham brought by a person who is uncertain whether he violated a Torah pro- prohibition. That's the real guilt. That's the real guilt, right? You just—I think you just do that okay. once a year, just just, just in general. I'm well, I mean, you know, there's a part of our liturgy that we recite the the chapter of Mishnayot um, that has all the lists of the offerings. So that one I like to put a little extra attention into because I'm I'm sh- I'm sure I'm missing it. Well, actually, you brought into something very important right now, which is which is today. Since we don't have it, we don't do it. In fact, uh, our rabbis tell us, and this, I think there's a brilliant thought here, an educator's thought, which is that just by this, maybe you talked about this a few weeks ago, but the study of it counts as the action of it. Now, interestingly enough, in, 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 um, in physiology, psychophysiology, they find that uh, many times thinking about something 
is it will release certain hormones and certain things as as though you're actually doing the the act. It's more than that. The 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 neural pathways that are involved in picking up a hammer and swinging at a nail are identical to the ones in imagining picking up the hammer mm-hmm. and swinging the nail, mm-hmm. which means that in your mind there is no difference. Right. The, the, so that's why when when I try to when I'm paying attention on a good day, that's why I like to run virtually a lot of times. Exercise. Yeah, just think about I running. Exercise yeah. virtually and then sure. done. Um, no, but it's it's very serious to, to then when you read the Corbinot to actually picture yes. not just the words but the acts of slaughter and burning, etc. Because then on some level it's being done. Right. And on, the, and on a simple, non-psychological level, this is what perpetuates it through the ages until the time that it's again going to be done. Uh, but you're living it, and it and becomes realer for you. It becomes realer for you. I, I, I was a little bit resentful that my son, who's seven years old in second grade, is now studying this book of Vayikra. I was about to call their teachers and just say, like, this is, this is hard for kids. Like, why are we learning this now? But then I was like, he seemed to be, like, naturally getting it. it. And I'm like, okay, let's go with this. And yeah, the uh, kids are much more malleable, I- interested in what they're doing than we often take for yeah, granted. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised about that. Yeah, I get it. I was surprised. Okay, now, now that was uh, the Torah portion of Vayikra. There's a lot more we can think about this stuff. And uh, if you have any thoughts about the sacrifices, the offerings, please write to us. And maybe I'll... I'll uh, I don't or just send us a fatted calf. What's that? Or just send us a fatted calf. Fatted calf or, or send us a hashtag tail fat. Right? <laughs> yeah. You're not going to let me live that one down. Right. Or maybe I got tail fat, okay? Yeah. Or. <laughs> Speaking of Ishai, not me. <laughs> tail fat. <laughs> Hashtag tail fat. <laughs> All right. Focusing. Is that a good name for a show? No. No? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> anyway, okay. Fine. Um, so that was Vayikra. Great. Now it's time to shift gears and to go back into Esther. Last time. Right, we were here. Uh, we had uh, heard about Haman's Haman's evil plot to kill the Jews. We learned uh. a little bit about how he um, uh, instituted this lottery to pick the day that will be that will be bad for the Jews, and and we talked a little bit about the characteristic traits of of Amalek, of Haman, as one who. Um, takes away the the faith of God in this world takes away the belief that there is that there is a hand that 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 directs us uh brings it into a world of chance a world of a, a world of cynicism i think i think the real amalek today is a kind of cynical the For cynical sure. attitude I, I always i always have a, i just i just have one example that i give people what is amalek i have a little example of that which is you cross a street you bump into somebody you haven't seen in 10 years and you say, Baruch Hashem, what a miracle it was to see you, Johnny. And Johnny says, no, dude, it, it was just a coincidence. Like, Wait, nothing, I'm walking uh, here, you're walking there. Yeah, like not, it's, not, it's not meaningful. You know what you do then? Huh? What? You know what you do then? What? You say, yeah, I'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or maybe you just deck him in the face and say, I guess that wasn't meaningful either. Yeah, huh? Okay. You heretic. <laughs> Just that was Purim Torah. Just, just joking. joking around. Don't worry sure. about that. Don't don't follow that. Uh, ask your local Orthodox rabbi. Anyway, um, but 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 that belief <clears throat> that God that 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 God is like absent that that things are coincidental that that is the root of Amalek. That is the root of of of, of, of now now what is a greater miracle? Speaking of crossing the street of two of crossing the street of two thousand years, coming back to the land of Israel, seeing. 
uh, the, the, the land flourish, seeing the ingathering of the exiles, seeing the economy, the wars, the, the language flourish. All these promises, biblical promises that were set out happening today, there is nothing more simply scientifically obvious. The, the, and, and the hand of God is no greater th- show of God's hand than this. And the, and, and the rabbis 2,000 years ago foresaw that there would be no greater sign of the redemption than the flourishing of the land of Israel. Than the stacks of tomatoes in the supermarket. Right. Right. And then you have, on the other side, the Amalekite energy, today represented, for example, by uh, Ilhan Omar, who basically says Israel is a bad country. The occupation is a bad thing. Netanyahu it's is a bad theft. person. It's theft. It's, it's darkness. It's nothing. And it should be wiped out. It should be stopped. Zionism is a bad thing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So here's an energy saying, like, no, it's not God. It's nothing. It's actually this bad thing. Don't let these... These these uh, these hocus Jews pocus rabbis hypnotize you, right? Hypnotize you. I think I think she used the word she like that. Did, yeah. She did use a word like that. Oh yeah, my yeah. gosh! Don't Classic. let them hocus pocus you. The whole thing is a, is a fraud. They're a sham, and there ain't no better than me or you, mm. right? We know that. We, line. We, we, we we It's not. I'm not afraid of you. Just the devil that's in fr- inside, right? Anyway, so 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 that's Amalek, and that's what Haman is doing. Fine, that's where we left off. Now, chapter four of the book of Esther. Mordechai knew what was going on. He always knew what was going on. That, that was one of his things. He, and by the way, Gil Ronan was a guy who knew what was going on. He knew what was going on. This is the word. It said, Mordechai knew all that was done, including yep. the, the financial. Right, the quiet deal on the side there that Haman thought was just between him and the king. Right. It, it, on the simple level, it seems that Mordechai had spies within the court, which yeah, is he, very Persian, very, very Persian sure. court. But he tore his clothes, and he and he put on, uh, in a public display, he put on ashes and but, sackcloth. Yeah, by the way, on the deeper level, it's not just the spies. It's also the fact that Mordechai knew that such things don't happen without cause from God. Mm-hmm. That, the, that he didn't mistake the superficial drama for the, for the real struggle which was going on underneath. I'm so glad you said that, you know, because cause I started the show with APAC and all that, and it's, it's, that's, a good, that's a good chizuk. And somebody said that to me yesterday. Some an, a guy who's been in Hebron for thirty-eight years. We talking. We're talking about the deal, the quote-unquote deal of the century. So this guy says to me, "Listen, it's been many times here that we were like on the edge of the sword, and we were like, this is the worst. We're we're going to get kicked out, and we're here." He said, "There's a God in this world." He said that to me. So okay. So uh, so similarly, uh, that's right. So Mordechai understood everything that was done. Also the heavenly decree. Fine. Uh, and Jeremy Gimpel gave a great lesson about this, about really the, the period of Ezra, the temple had started being rebuilt, but the, but the diaspora Jews were not leaving, and God was angry at them for not taking part in the temple story, in the, in the land of Israel and temple story. Fine. So, so comes, uh, so, and, he, and he yells out a bitter, a bitter, cry, loud, big cry, which reminds us, by the way, of the Asavian big cry, right? Mm. A little bit. So it reminds us the, about, mm. about the big bitter cry of Asav, meaning to say maybe this is Asav's moment of retribution for what his brother did to him. Uh, in any case, he comes in front of the king's gate, but he doesn't come, uh, and he comes un- up to the king's gate, but you can't go into the king's gate because you can't go in dressed like that. But he basically pushes it as far as he can. And in every place, in every state where Jews were living, they were fasting and crying and uh, wearing sackcloth and ashes. But guess what? Esther is chilling with the big flat screen TV. In the harem. In the harem of, of, the, of the castle. The thing about the castle is 
it seems like it's very insulated. We, you, you don't she, know. She can't leave. She can't leave. She's a prisoner. Right. She's a prisoner. And you really don't know what's going on outside. Yeah, for sure. You really don't, don't know. So anyway, one of, one of, uh, one of uh, the, 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 her handmaidens and her servants come to her and, and they tell her about, uh, about, about Mordechai being out there wailing. He's like, whoa, woe is me. That kind of thing. Woe is us. We are doomed. That kind of thing. They did a great in the Turner Classics, which they always do. And what does she do? She wants to cover it up. She sends some clothes to put on, right? Mm-hmm. Here you go. Take off this stuff. Please put this stuff on. Maybe he's sad about something else. Maybe the stock market went down. It's going to be okay. Put on these clothes. Or maybe just shh, shh. Yeah, yeah. Shh, shh. We could Stop. do it behind make the it scenes. Go, make it go away. Right. Well, no, I think there's a very deep um, uh, human like response to, to fear and danger here. She feels safe insofar as nothing is disrupted. So the most dangerous thing to her right now is the fact that he's on the edge of her safe world right. making a ruckus. Right. She wants to make it go away. I think it's that simple at right. this stage. So she, she sends him close. Yep. Cover it up. Literally, yep. cover it up. Yep. Okay? Yep. Um, and, uh, and he did not receive. So she sends another messenger she, by the way, they never have a face-to-face conversation. Everything is through messengers. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's going to be Hatach. And he's going to be, I guess, a loyal servant to her. And she says, go to, to Mordechai, find out. And this is one of the linguistic tricks of the, of the Megillah. Mazev al mazeh. What's this and what is this about? It's a, you know, I, I don't have any... any, any the whole conversation in, in what's happening here, meaning it's not just a question of what's happening, like... Like, maze, like what's happening to Almaze, and what's the bigger right? What's the big story? picture? Right, and we'll we'll learn later on. Achashverosh uh, uh, is going to say mihuzevezehu, right? Yeah, uh, and uh, no, is that what he says? Yeah, yeah. Right, so he's like he's like, what? Is, who is he, and what is he? You know, like, give me the, the the different angles of this thing. I want to understand the depth of it. She says, "What is this, and what is this about?" And and Hatach goes out to the street, talks uh, to Mordechai in front of the king, in front, in front of the king's gate. Mordechai says to him, he says to him everything. He tells him about the money, and he and he tells him that that basically the Jews got sold out for money to the king. And he showed him, and this was the big one, the smoking gun. He shows him the, the decree, the decree, the pachegin ktavadat, right? The 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 protocol decree. Saying to destroy the Jews. Here, there's no mincing of the words. It's just Lahashmidam to destroy the Jews. Show this to Esther. Tell her to go to the king, ask for her nation, i.e., reveal her nation. So Ahatach tells Esther the words of Mordechai. Mordechai, uh, Says Esther to Mordechai. She commands him. She says to Ahatach to tell Mordechai. Uh, Everybody knows that you can't come in front of the king's gate uh, except when you're called. And then he, and then he, or if you come in before him, he will uh, extend his th- golden scepter, scepter uh, and you could live. If not, you get killed. And I haven't been called for thirty days. Thirty days is also a sign that that the relationship has gone cold. Yeah, what, the what king's is, moved on. This king who who has a different girl every night hasn't seen her thirty days. Who knows where he's been, right? Right. And so he's moved he's on. Moved on, and she's now. And it would be a big mistake for her to start to force her attention on him. Right. It's not going to work well, and right. and she's on the outs. Yep. Remember, this is a court uh, drama, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, so says Mordechai in one of the most famous biblical two verses ever. Well, yeah, and pause just to know that it's not just one of the most famous biblical 
couplets here, it's the only line that we actually hear Mordechai speak. Right. And the rest of the Megillah, he does things, he sends messages, we don't hear his voice. Voice, right. Here we actually get the words he said. And it's right. so critical to note that because it puts a central importance on what he has to say. So, and these verses are, are just, they're legend. These are legendary. Oh, yeah. These are legendary. Every one of these words is measured and it's legendary. And it's just so you know, we're, we're in chapter 4, verse 13 and 14. Mordechai said to, 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 to Esther, return to Esther, don't believe in your heart that you're going to be saved in the, in the king's house uh, from the destruction that's going to befall the rest of the Jews. Yeah, number one lesson for the Jews, to understand that since Isaac came down off the altar, your life has not been solely your own. And so therefore realize you can run, but you can't hide. You will be a Jew whether you choose to be or not. Like that, that that's a very important frame for the history which is being spoken out here. I mean, it's also a humongous reversal of what he's told her before. He's told her to hide her identity. Now he's like, listen, you're, you're never going to be able to hide your identity. Yep. Let's be real. You're yep. never going to hide your identity. You're going to go down yourself. And then he says, and I guess maybe 14 is, is the verse. He says, If you keep quiet at this moment, Somehow the Jews will have salvation from a different place. But you and your father's house will perish. And then he says, And who knows whether for a time such as this, you have attained the kingdom. Okay, You've come to this place for this moment. This is your political moment. This is your shot. This is our shot. Well, he doesn't say you've come to. He says, Mio Who knows? Who knows? This is, by the way, the worst inspirational speech ever. <laughs> right? So he says, he says, by the way, it's a terrible situation, and it's going to be fine. But you're in trouble. Right. And who knows? Maybe you're here for a reason. Not sure. <laughs> Good luck. Right? I mean, the, every piece of this goes to the heart of what the Megillah is about. And because the Megillah serves as the keystone to the entire Hebrew Bible. It goes to the heart of what Am Yisrael is meant to represent in the world. Because you notice what happens. Haman, as you said earlier, has tried to set up a world of randomness. And there's a determinism in that randomness. Don't notice it. He, on one hand, it's random. He casts his lots. It could fall on any day. On the other hand, once the die is cast, he's convinced that there's an inevitability to his victory. And it's very important to note that in our world. Because even though our world functions very much in that sort of random you know, determine, it's a random thing, but there's a determinism that, fl- that falls into it. It's a way that he trumps God through his belief in emptiness and roll of the dice. Here, Mordecai does not oppose that with certainty. He doesn't say, and it's very clear to me that God has manipulated this entire situation in order that you should save your people. So all you have to do, don't worry. All you have to do is just follow through, Esther. He says, and you know what? Who knows? Because all that matters is the free act of a human being. That's all God wants from us. Right? God doesn't want Esther to be a marionette and step into the preordained role. He wants her to take a gamble and to step into a world which is bigger than one that can be defined by a roll of the dice or by superficial theology of a certainty of belief. Because so all those are those, because all of those are kind of idolatry. Not only the idolatry. If you if you have a certitude, even in even in even in determinism, even in meaninglessness, if you have a certitude, it's like you you take you take out a certain. You're, you're you're focusing on the component of human will is what's important. But I'm also saying like like there's a God and there's not it's not what your world 
what you've set out to be determined that is going to be the power of the world. Right, but, but Mordechai avoids opposing theology right. to that idolatry. He doesn't right. say, and there's a God, and therefore this is what will happen. Right. That's the power of his answer, and that's right. why the Megillah is the one that, along with the five books of Moses, are the ones that will last throughout time. What he says is there's absolutely God. There's been a promise. The Jewish people are the big picture. That's not your issue. Right. It's not your issue. God's promise in the big picture will happen. You, however, as a human being, have a choice to make. Does your life matter or not? Mm -hmm. And the reality is that will only depend on the choices you make. It won't be because God has put you in this position. Because if it were, I just want to be clear on what I'm saying. If it were, then it wouldn't matter. You understand? God doesn't need you for your perfect actions and for your absolute obedience. It's the flawed, risk-taking, fractured you know, fragment that you have to offer because you can then step into some world which is even bigger than you can imagine. A great example of what you're saying, just in order to, to uh, put it in a, in a different context, that, but that'll help people understand what we're talking about, is one of the greatest Jews that ever lived is Rabbi Akiva. And Rabbi Akiva, he was wrong about Bar Kochba being Mashiach. Yes. And yet he's considered one of the greatest Jews. Why? Because he risked it. He yes. put it on the line. He fought for, for, for Jewish redemption. He fought for Messiah. He fought for, for, for that moment. Okay, it didn't work out. He went for broke. He went for broke. He went for it. And that's why people say to me, sometimes they say about the state of Israel. And here, here's the third example about today. People will say, well, how do you know? How do you know there's not going to be a, uh, a, a third uh, exile? How do you know there's not going to be another Holocaust? How do you know that the Iranians aren't going to chuck a nuke on you guys and, and nuke all of you one shot? You know, that's, I don't, I, they say to me, I don't know, I don't know. That's why I stay here. I'm a little bit neutral from it. I'm looking at it. It could, it could work out, it could not work out. Right. I go, exactly. <laughs> it, the question is not, I, I, only God knows if it's going to work out or not. What I do know is I'm going to bet on it. I see, the, I see the flow. I see the big stuff. I'm going to go with it. It's not just betting on it, though. My point is, is that you know how you know whether you've made the right decision or not? by making it the right decision. Right. right. Now, you don't always succeed. I mean, it's not like you just decide, okay, I've made the right decision, I'm going to carry through. Sometimes you fail, but you know what? That's called a real decision. Yeah. Right? And, and that's what you're saying is, I'm going to make this the right decision. This is, right. This right? Is, and, and if God decides that the Iranians are going to nuke us or that the third temple won't get built, you know what? That's just not, that's above my pay grade. Right. That's exactly. not my job. Right. And, and I have a phrase for that. We are activists, not analysts. Yeah, right. We're, we're here. That's to, precisely what right. Mordechai just said. He could have given her a whole analysis of why it was exactly correct that she's in that. It's not what he says. Right. He says, "Listen, it's gonna be okay with you or without you, but you need to take this risk." That's humongous. That's humongous. Anyway, it's an it's an incredible verse, and 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 it could be. There's a, a lifetime of analysis on this verse, and people want. By the way, I'll just tell them I have a couple of podcasts on that verse. They can send me a where's email. that. Um, this located on my SoundCloud page. Just send me an email. I'll send people the link. Yeah, sounds great. That sounds really, really great. That sounds really great. Um, <clears throat> and so people should write to you at RavMike at TheLandOfIsrael.com or Facebook.com forward slash RavMike or JewishStory.co. That's right. And here's another interesting turnaround. So, so says Esther. Now, Esther has been passive. Esther has been passive this whole time vis-a-vis mm-hmm. -vis the king, vis-a-vis -vis everything. everything. Esther's role is going to change right now and Mordecai's role is going to change. She says, fine. Okay. She says, fine. She says, you go gather all the Jews. Pray for me. I'm going to pray as well. Three days, three nights. And then I'm going to come to the king. And fast. And I'm going to fast. Did I say that? I'm going to fast. And I'm going to come to the king against the protocol. This is the first time we say against protocol. Lo, kedat. Everything else has been protocol. If I perish, 
I perish. But it's important. She gets it. She she gets it. Oh, she gets it. Not only she she takes on a completely different role. She's going to be now the, the 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 catalyst, the activator. And what's the line for that? Which one? Hiloveshet malchut. Right. She clothes herself. In royalty, and in this, you understand the incredible capacity of the human being, right? What do I mean? Is that up until now, God's not in the Megillah, quote unquote, right? So God as king is not present. Achashverosh is the king, but he's being manipulated by first defied by Vashti, and then manipulated by Haman. And suddenly, here you see Esther saying, "No, no, you know what Malchut is? Malchut is owning your story." Right. Malchut's owning your life. Malchut doesn't mean, oh, I know for sure that this is right. Malchut is saying, I'm going to make this right or I'm going to die trying. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's why she's loveshet malchut in that moment. Right. But we, and we, we also remember the voice of, of Jacob who said, kasher sakoti sakoti, like send us back down to, 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 to send these gifts to, to this master in Egypt, you know, and if I go down I, I, and here, take, take Binyamin with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's also let it ride. We'll yeah, let it ride. Yeah, if, exactly. I, if I perish, I perish. And then I thought that you were going to say the, the key line here is the, the last line in chapter four, which is, Mordechai, Mordechai passed and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. Whoa. He's now, right. He, that's, that's the real nafocho. The real naf, first nafocho is now Mordechai is taking commands from Esther. He commanded her. Now, well, it goes much further just to get the image because what's going to come next is is uh, Mordechai? Sorry, is that Esther goes into the throne room, right? And and she's going to touch the top of the scepter. Right. One of those great sort of biblical euphemisms here. Right. Right. Um, just to understand that the sexual tension that underlies the story is a very important sure. driver of the whole story. Sure. But she goes in. We don't ever really see her coming out. But who's Yatzalifnei Melch Belavush Malchut? Mordechai. Right. Mordechai. Meaning she's Tilbash Malchut. She right. puts on her royal self, goes into the royal chamber. Right. But in the end, who comes out wearing it? Mordechai. Like the, 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 and you just pointed out that yeah. now suddenly, wait, Mordechai was giving the orders. Now Esther's giving the orders. Esther goes in, Mordechai's coming out. And you see, it's actually the fusion between the two, that balance between these, these two powers, which is what the Megillah is all about. This is such a wild book. It's unbelievable. It, oh, it's, 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 just, it's, just, it's just a work of. It's artistry. It yeah, is it's, artistry. It's, and I do want to remind the listeners to please, please, if you're going to learn this, learn it with a concordance in your hand. Because, yeah. because the, 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 the artisan nature of how every book of the Bible is subtly stitched into the lines here defies imagination. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a godly book. Amos. Okay, third day comes around. Uh, she stands at the entrance. Here's the big moment. She stands at the entrance of the, uh, of the outer uh, courtyard. And the king is sitting, uh, excuse me, the inner courtyard. And the king is sitting on in in his house of of uh, kingdom in the palace, at the entrance of the house. Anyway, he sees her, so she's she's coming here. She, this is the moment where she could get killed. They do it well in the movies. She's about to to lose her life because she's coming in lokadat, not as as the uh, as law as the law as the law proscribe, proscribes. Um, However, guess what? She's got that magic formula. She's got the secret sauce, and she's got chain. Little tiny word, two letters in Hebrew, chain, right? Which is which is some kind of uh, the, the the Christians have a good word for it. They call it grace. Yeah. But um, whatever. She's got this 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 amazing energy. It's and a, it's a, well, but it's the power of connection. Never forget yeah. that that chain is the power of connecting the infinite to the finite. It's like it's like where does it all just come together? And like you like. 
that's what you say. Like, well, why do you like him? I don't know. He's just got this chain. He's got chain. He's got chain. You, you can't explain that's it, but right. it's, it's very real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's never abstract. It's always embodied in someone or something. Yeah, I got I got friends who just have, I have that. You just walk around with them and just they just have the chain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like I have friends who are very disarming. But I always laugh with my wife that I am not so disarming. I come <laughs> you're, to you're I'm, a little, I'm a little bit arming. <laughs> <laughs> Only with time to... Okay. Anyway, so um, uh, she comes in. Yes, he, 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 uh, he sends out the golden scepter. The, she touches the head. Obviously, sexual kind of imagery there. Fine. Um, and he says to her, what do you want until half the kingdom? And I'll give it to you. Which is, which is flowery, but, uh, but the sages kind of throw in, I'll give you everything but the temple. Okay. I'll give you all the way to to, to land of Israel, but not the temple. Uh, and then Esther says, "Well, and and here's the play, and here's the play, right? And 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 here's here's also a, a, a certain brilliance of femininity. That's one of the things about this book. Oh, which she's is, totally playing. Right? She's playing now, now. She says, "He's like, well, what do you want?" And she's like, "I want a Rolls Royce. You know, I want a ring. I want a this and that. I want power. I want you to save the Jews. No." I want you to come to a party. Yeah, I'm making you. it for you. I want you. I want to honor you. Right. Just and but those what else she's slipping there? And your number one dude. Yeah. Right? And and you see here it. He's like, wait, but why, wait, why, why, why just Heyman? why Heyman? She's I like, thought I we want, were gonna have a party. I you want, and me. Right. I want you and your and him, who's your number one guy or your number one usurper. Right. Your right? biggest threat. Your threat. Right. I want him to come to the the party. Um. Three's a crowd here a little bit, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, and, which I have prepared for him. Right? I made a party for it's you and Haman. It's like, wait, who's the party? Who's the well, him? I'm the, I'm the right. king. I'm the king. You're making me a little jealous. It's it's first like I'm honoring you. I'm making you a little jealous. I'm not, I'm at, give, it's tease. There's it's a tease after. It's, it's great stuff here. So says the king, okay, uh, push Haman along quickly and come to this feast which Esther made. And they're having a feast. And he says to her at the feast, what is your request? I'll give you half the kingdom and, all, and it shall happen. And she says, my request and, uh, and my petition, my request is, if I found favor in your eyes, how about you and Haman come tomorrow for, come on down again for another party? Right. But don't forget, by the way, it's very important that the, the text emphasizes that this is all in the middle of heavy drinking. Right. Right. Meaning the, the drinking on Purim, which is often it's missed the link between the, the mitzvah of drinking on Purim and the whole narrative thread here. It's like like the Gemara in Ervin says, you know, a person, kis, kas, kos. you know, a person by their kis, pocket. Kis, so, kos, so, kas, right? right. His, by his, his, his pocket. His, meaning, is he generous? Charitable. Charitable. Right. right. By his anger. Is he quick to anger or right. quick to be sort of ameliorated? Or and what happens, what happens when, when he drinks? Drunk. Right. All right, so so they're they're having they're having drinks and everybody's uh, is drinking, and guess what? And 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 sh- and he says to her, "Whatever you want, baby." And she's he's drinking the whole thing's a party. She says to him instead of saying, "I want this," once again a little tease, a little play. She says, "Come tomorrow for yet another party." Now we know he's got a proclivity for honor, proclivity for power. Okay, um, and and uh, come come again to. Um, to the party tomorrow. Now, Haman leaves this party. What's he thinking? Top of the world. I'm number two. Who knows? Maybe I'll be number one. He's happy and of good heart. And then he sees Mordechai at the gate of the king. And guess what? He didn't even move. He just stared blank facedly at him, right? Everybody else jumps up and Everybody bows. Everybody jumps up bows, and he's like feeling top of the world. Does one Jew doesn't bow down to me? He fills with anger. Once again, 
one Jew making him nuts, like a niggle in the brain, just 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 annoying him. And it and 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 shows also his uh, incredible. What do we talk about? How do we call it last year? Megalom- uh, last show megalomania slash slash sense of inadequacy. Inadequacy. One one person, you know, and you can't. But she's about I, to explain say explicitly. Right. He's about to say it explicitly. But on the other hand, I I like to say maybe it's not just inadequacy. Maybe he has a sense. I think I know this is what it's. He has a sense. This Mordechai is not just a one. There's something well, in this And that people. comes out too because this is actually the role that Zeresh, right. that his wife plays in the whole story. Right. Okay, we'll get to it. Yeah. V, so he, so he, uh, what's Vita Peck? How do you say that? He, he holds uh, back. Restrains, he's restraining himself. He comes into the house. He brings all his lovers and Zeresh's wife and he says to him how rich he is, how many children he has, how much the king loves him and how much he's respected at the gates of the king. However, he says, uh, oh, and nobody invited him, uh, nobody else Came got to invited the to the party except for me and the king and it's all awesome. Awesome. However, he says, but it is all worth nothing to me. Every time I see right. Mordechai the Jew sitting in the king's gate, it's right? Like, it's like it's oh. like I throw it all. Like it's nothing to me. It's nothing to me when I see this one guy. I mean, it, it is pathetic. Yeah, it's a pathetic phrase. It's it's a pathetic, pathetic phrase. It's just like it's all nothing to me. But then again, I also like want to say the opposite. Fakert, I want to say the opposite, which is fakert means like the opposite yeah. in Yiddish, right? You know that, but I want the listeners. Right. Like, yeah. I want some. You know, somebody's like, what? What did he just say? <laughs> what, do uh, call, what do you call? What do you call? Yeah, <laughs> fakert. What does that mean? Okay, it just means not focal, like the uh, the, uh, the other way of thinking, right? On which the is, contrary. On the contrary, which is he knows. Yeah, but the two don't contradict. Remember right. that that Haman is the the embodiment of Amalek in his day. He's not the sum total of Amalek. And it's, it's very important to remember that, that, that Amalek chooses the vehicle most fit to their design. And so Haman's need to be worshipped is an excellent vehicle for evil in the world. Right? And, and the fact that, that he needs everyone to worship him because he feels inadequate even in one person, and the fact that he's driven by this like, almost titanic battle, and he knows that uh, what's even worse is that Mordecai is not even one person. He's the enemy. It's like the two just, it's like a perfect storm. What, what's going to happen? What's going to happen if I'm walking in the halls of Congress? And there goes good Ilhan Omar is going to pass right across from me. Well, you're not going to bow. I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to bow. <laughs> um, so. You probably wouldn't smile. I don't I'm know not you're smiling. Smile. I, I know. Sometimes I do the opposite. Sometimes I go, hi. You say, Congresswoman, a quick question. Sh- and, and can I offer you a bag of money? No, no. <laughs> I'm going to say, can I, can I offer you uh, this wonderful wine from Judea and Samaria? Right. <laughs> How about some wafers made with Christian blood? Oh, sorry. No. Wrong, wrong, oh, <laughs> no. wrong holiday. No, I'm going to do it differently. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like, just shalom from Israel. Right. Shalom from a beautiful, I mean, successful Israel. I, I thought you meant the insult of offering a Muslim wine. No, no, no. No, no. I didn't think of that. I didn't meant that. Careful. No, I didn't mean that at all. I meant to say, like, Israel smiles to you. That's right. Everything's fine. However, in uh, verse 14, chapter 4, uh, Zeres says, Zeres, his wife, says, and all of his uh, uh, love, uh, beloved folks uh, acquiesce, and they say, let them make a gallow 50 cubits high. And in the morning, say to the king, and they should hang Mordechai in it. Notice, by the way, in the morning, say to the king, don't rush it. Don't rush it. King just went to bed and he's drunk. Don't go now. Go in the morning and go to the king to the banquet joyfully tomorrow night. The matter pleased Haman, and he made the gallows. Right. He it's made the gallows. A great, it's a great cliffhanger. Anyway. Right. It's like, they sat, remember last, last, last chapter, right. they sat down to, to, to drink, to drink uh, and Mordechai, you know. And the whole capital was in. Was like depressed. Know, yeah. Oh, and then she says, and then Esther says, like, okay, you know what I mean? I'll fast. Let's, let's Mordechai goes out there, gets everybody to fast. And now 
They put up the gallows. They put the gallows up. Great stuff. Okay, folks, you are listening to the Ishai Fleischer Show. Rabbi Mike Foyer is uh, with us today here at Pardis Institute in the heart of beautiful and alive Yerushalayim, Yerukodesh. And uh, the show keeps going. We, have, uh, we of course, want to hear from you. Uh, send the hashtag... Tail fat, okay? <laughs> that's, that's I wasn't going to say it. If you'd forgotten, I was going to let it go. <laughs> Hashtag tail fat, send it over, and, uh, or whatever else. And uh, show, show us, uh, you know what I'd love to see? I'd love to see your poor room costumes. So send me hashtag Purim costume. Send me a picture of your kids in the Purim costume or your dog or whatever it is that you do or whatever your Purim thing is, your hamantash and your whatever it is. And I'll, I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send it out. If you send me a great picture, I'm going to send it out in my next email. Here's a, a picture from, uh, from one of our uh, friends out there. Uh, Rabbi Mike, I, I already said how to reach him. Uh, Rav Mike at uh, at uh, thelandofisrael.com. Uh, his other show here is the Jewish Story, also found at jewishstory.co, uh, and uh, facebook.com forward slash Rav Mike. You can be, you can find me Shai Fleischer. Just type, just type in Shai Fleischer. If you can't figure it out from there, there's something wrong with you. Okay, <laughs> you, there's just no way you won't be able to find me. It's just the internet will will even if you misspell me Fleischer Yeisher or whatever it is. Google will help you figure it out. Google knows better than you. So stay tuned, stay strong, stay connected, stay part of the story. Keep listening. We're going to flip all the bad to the good if we just keep going and, and, and have faith. Who knows? Maybe for a time such as this. Rabbi Mike, thanks so much for being with us. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom, everybody. God bless, and we'll be right back. Uh, you know what? We were just about to, to walk out of that last segment. And I forgot to say something to Rabbi Mike. Rabbi Mike, uh, it's, it's a little bit surprising to everybody, but today is the 6th of Adar, which also means that it is your birthday. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, Rabbi Mike Foyer. I feel a hashtag coming, okay? Happy birthday, Rabbi Mike. Uh, and, and I want to really bless you th- so much for all the light and inspiration that you've given so many of us and Mamash continued health, success, and all that you do, and, and really being, being a, a, a real channel of light to this world that we so desperately need, both in your, in your history podcast, in your teaching here, in your fathering, in your husbanding, and uh, to me personally, you know, tremendous, uh, this, I really look forward to, to this time every single week. It's, it's, it's Mamash, a highlight of my week. And, uh, and I know that since it's a highlight of my week, whoever's listening knows that it's a highlight of the week for them as well when the show comes on. So I want to wish you continued success. 45? 45, that's right. 45 beautiful years. Gematria ma. 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 What we, is it? Uh, yeah. yeah, we could go there. But since you just stole my act because it's my right and power, according to our holy ancestors, on my birthday to give you a bracha. That's right. So first of all, actually, before I even say bracha, I want to give a real hakaratato, real gratitude for the help that you've given me and the opportunities that you've led me to and the horizons you've opened up for an ability to really reach and teach and hopefully change a little bit of the world. And so I want to give you a bracha. First of all, it should be a year of health and well-being. It should be a year in which you feel the sense of simcha that flows from a yeshuv dat, of a real settled sense of mind. There should be a nechama. Nechama not just in the, the immediate struggles in life, but also a larger nechama in all the battles that you fight, which may leave their scars and struggles, that you have that, that sense of, of um, comfort that comes from knowing that your feet are on the right path. And not just the comfort, but also a sense of strength and energy that flows from knowing you're standing on solid ground and that the path ahead of you is the path that the Rebunish Olam wants you to walk and that each little step you take is a little bit toward moving toward the world to a fuller realization of God's purpose. So it should be, Mamash, a beautiful, beautiful year. Thank you, Rabbi Mike. And happy birthday. Ha- many more uh, happy birthdays also with, uh, with uh, success and health. 
And we all thank you. We want to wish you really a lot of uh, continued atzlacha. And uh, that blessing that you heard from Rabbi Mike should go to all of us. First thing, those who bless should be blessed. Uh, and uh, all of our listeners need that blessing, right? That all blessing goes out to everybody. Yeah. You should, you, should all, you should all be blessed. Okay, hashtag happy birthday, Rabbi Mike, uh, at RavMike at thelandofisrael.com, or to my email, or CC us both. That way we'll both enjoy it. We'll all get the blessings. From the land of blessings, more great stuff is on the way. Stay tuned. Stay strong. God bless from the land of Israel, and of course, from Yerushalayim. Happy birthday, Rabbi Mike. Thanks. <laughs> Shalom, everybody, and welcome back to the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting this part of the show from Judea. Malka Fleischer, shalom, and welcome to the show. Thank you, Ishai, for having me back. It's wonderful to have you back, and uh, as night has fallen here in Israel, it is the 7th of Adar, which means that it's the famous birthday of Moshe Rabbeinu, and the day also where a certain group of people are celebrated, and that is the Undertaker's. The uh, Hevra Kadisha. Really? Yeah, it's the it's the day of the Hevra Kadisha. This is their like their day. Why? Because this is the day of the burial of Moshe Rabbeinu. Ah, I see. It's like, like a, that was a big important burial. Yeah, that's like, that's weird. Yeah, it's, but it makes sense. It's their day. It's but their it's day. a little weird. Yeah. Well, you know, here in Israel, we have all kinds of folks that have their day, like like the olive oil makers. What? The the makers of the olive oil they celebrate before like their their big one is Hanukkah. Right? Oh, I never really thought of that. The bakers, they have Purim and they have Hanukkah. And there's the whole matzah industry. Well, the then, baking, I think, gets like a weekly little celebration there. Yeah, with baking Kala. is big. Yeah. Baking is big. Baking has a lot. Baking has a lot of, uh, has a lot of friends. Uh, the then yog- you get the matzah for, for Pesach. Right. That's sort of like baker's vacation week. Right. Then there's the punishment uh, f- week for... Um, uh, f- for date palms, when like the whole world just cuts down a date palm, it's trimming. It's you sh- trimming, everyone yeah. needs a little trim. Every yeah, once trim in a while, top, you like cut top. your fingernails. You give yourself a little haircut. It's right? just a tree haircut, right? And uh, then, you, then you have uh, the yogurt people who are on Shavuot here in Israel. The yogurt people, the yogurt people, the Tznuva people, Danon, the uh, and Yo Play. We don't have Yo Play. Do we, we do. We do we? I think so. When I was a kid, that know. was the big one. Yo yeah, play. Yo play. I remember those ads, and they had the special shaped yogurt. Yeah. And then that lady was eating the yogurt, and you're like, "Golly, that's that looks like the best yogurt I've ever seen." And well, it was like, quite good. My mom used to buy the yogurt, but she would buy the diet yogurt, right? Which was horrific, right? And so, my whole life growing up, I thought I hated yogurt because of how gross it was. But then when I got older and I ate the sugary yogurt, then I was like, okay, yogurt. Uh, nothing like a little sugar. Plus here in, plus here in our home, we have this thing. Um, my, our littlest son, Yisrael, he says it the best, actimel. Actimel, that's right. I want actimel, that's, he tells that's me. That's drinky yogurt. It's like this little yogurt, this little like yogurt bottle. It's like the size, let's see if I would hold up like my three pointer. Inches, three inches. My pointer finger probably all the way down from the thumb all the way to the top of the pointer. Not a very big bottle. It's three and inches tall. Yeah, and it's it, yeah. like 75 calories. And you look, 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 this little thing. And it's tasty. And it's like a tiny food. But it has all those little probiotics in it. Yeah. And bli ein hara, I don't want to say anything. But I think that the pro- they say that probiotics are good for like the overall health of your whole body, including um, stuff to do with getting colds and all that stuff. And I've been buying these little bottles of drink and making the kids drink them pretty much every day. And they think that they're just having a yogurt. But 
Little do they know that their mom is healthifying them. That's right. You're keeping them strong, Malka. Thank you very much. True, true, true. Hashem keeps them strong. Amen. And the uh, Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu keeps them. That's strong. right, Moshe Rabbeinu. This is his big day, and it's it's a traditionally important day at the Marat Machpelah. So actually, tomorrow morning I am going to the Marat Machpelah. Blessedly, it is once again raining here in the land of Israel. So it will yes, be so nice. a rainy day, and my my tour might get canceled because it is once again raining. Uh, so which is totally fine with me. Uh, I love touring people, and I also love sitting in the office and writing articles and doing common things. Nice. Uh, speaking Should of I, rain. Oh, see, I just have a little question. This is like off plan here. Yeah. But I'm just going to surprise you here on the show, which is I went to my um, weekly Torah class that I go to run by the Chabad of Efrat, and we were learning all about the Megillah, and, and it occurred to me that Esther is a lot like Moshe Rabbeinu. There's like some Moshe Rabbeinu action going on with Esther. And they say that, that the Jews received the Torah anew on Purim. Mm-hmm. Kimu v'kiblu. What do you they, think about that? What about it? Do you think that there's connections between Esther and Moshe? Yeah. Yeah. She also, you know, just like just like Hashem was like, that's it. I'm done. I don't want to deal with these stiff-necked people anymore. They're nutbags. Let's just start this whole thing over with you. And Moshe's like, no, not going to do it. Either you keep them in or I'm out. Just same thing with Esther. Esther could have been all in the palace, doing fine, had a Jewish child. No one had to know except for her. Keep the Jewish people going. Everything, re, you know, re, restart with her. And she's just like, no, if I go, I go. She needs a little prodding from, from Mordechai. But yeah, uh, there's definitely a Moshe Rabbeinu a- a- atmosphere there. There's definitely a, uh, a nafohu that happens instead of like destruction of the Jewish people. There's a, a rekindled love through Moshe Rabbeinu, no question about it. Um, and and here's a little secret. Yeah. If Moshe Rabbeinu was born and died on Zion Adar, yeah. that means that his breed was on Purim. Get out of here. Yeah. The breed of Moshe Rabbeinu was on Purim. Get out of here! That's right. When do you when do you, when, when do you think the big the big celebration was? It was Purim. That's when it was. That's that that Whoa. was. Yeah, it's it's. I the, like. That's right. That's right. And, and, and he's the you know. Wow. He's the Lechheim, he's an Amal, he's an Amalek fighter. Yeah. He's an Amalek fighter, and and uh, there's a lot. And there's a lot. There. And he's the savior of the Jewish people. I'm so excited for I'm excited for Purim this year. I, I I'm just excited for Purim this year. Uh, I think it's going to be really nice. A lot of the what's one of the great things about this network, the Land of Israel Network, is that a lot of the broadcasters really like each other and get along and are friends. And a lot of us are going to get together and celebrate Purim together. Yeah. We're going to invite all of our friends and our friends' friends to have a big party out in Ari and, Ari and Jeremy's place. You know what? You know what? Uh, the farm uh, in Judea reminds me of. It reminds me of the Golan Heights. <laughs> Actually, that's just a way for it to make a segue. Yes, to the next that section. was really, really smooth. Yeah, tell me about the next thing. Well, you know, it's it does actually remind somebody else. The, the Judean farm of Ari and Jeremy also reminds somebody else of the Golan Heights a little bit, and that is the U.S. State Department. This is kind of news. For the first time, the Trump administration referred to the Golan Heights. In its an- and the State Department's annual report on human rights around the world as Israeli-controlled and didn't call Judea and Samaria occupied. Right. 
It happens to be, and I don't remember any reports on this, but nonetheless, it happens to be that already last year, they stopped using the word occupied in their references to these, um, what's what's the word that they look, uh, disputed disputed areas. Territories. Um, but now it refers to the Golan Heights as Israeli controlled, something that the is- current Israeli administration has been working on very hard. Um, the Golan Heights is not such a controversial place in Israel anymore. It used to be the kind of, it used to be talked about a little bit more like Judea and Samaria, kind of one of these places, and maybe we'll give it away for some peace agreement at some point. Maybe we won't. It was definitely part of the Six-Day War territories that were that were acquired and liberated uh, when we were attacked and we won those wars, won those lands. But now nobody's really talking about the Golan Heights, and, and I think that that's like the next step that... Step that um, the Netanyahu administration would probably want to take, and I don't know about any other administrations, but it seems like the Golan Heights is going to be taken off the table. Great. Basically. And, and that's exactly the way it should all go, and we should start just talking about these places as Israeli territories on the way towards annexation. In the case of the Golan Heights, it was annexed. But slowly but surely, we're starting to recognize annexation, and that's really, I, I think the sovereignty movement is a big part of this, and I think uh, right-wing voting, and, and we're moving away from land giveaway. That's the bottom line. I hope that's true. Away. I hope that's true. We're still waiting for this Trump deal of the century, quote-unquote, to drop, um, and there's been so much speculation, even in my work for JNS, I've written a couple of articles where it's like, this, re- this report says that Jerusalem's going to be divided. And then like two weeks will go by and it's like, this new report says that Jerusalem will not be divided. So nobody really knows. That's the truth. And um, and they're basically saying that it's only going to come out after the April 9th election. So like at April 10th in the morning, I don't know when this thing is going to hit, but it's supposed to hit after we find out who our prime minister is going to be. Right. What else you got for us, Malka? Um, I've got uh, an announcement about what my Mishloach Mano will be okay. this year. Every year, I try to make real food for Purim. It's it's something that I believe in because I find that there's a lot of garbage that's given out on Purim. One year, I made sandwiches with like coleslaw and potato salad. Last year, I made a massive pot of lentil soup, which almost all of it went miraculously bad the night before. And then I had to scramble and do something immediately fast. And every year... Oh, one year I made hummus and basar, hummus and meat with little pitas, and that was really good. But every year I spend like, I don't know, 12 hours wrapping up, cooking, making all the things, making sure everybody gets everything. And I decided this year that we're doing beer, chocolate-covered pretzels, popcorn, and black garinim for Mishloach Manot because I want to enjoy my Purim too. And it turns out that this is the kind of food that everybody gives each other. So that is my public service announcement. I got confused. So what are you making? I'm making a like a beer and snacks mishloach manot. That sounds awesome, actually. A beer. Yeah. I'm gonna. I have these big pretzels. I got like the big size that are like the size of your hand. I'm gonna dunk them in chocolate and then swirl some white chocolate on them. And then there's gonna be a bag of popcorn. And a little bag of this black garinim, and it's like drink a beer, have some pretzels, popcorn, little nuts. Sounds like a dream. And that's something that you can make like the night before, or even the night before the night before. 
which is two nights before. And then I feel like I'm just going to roll into Purim ready to go. Amazing. But I feel a little guilty. I don't know. Should I feel guilty? It's not a sandwich. It's not a soup. It's not like a food food. Thoughts? Our listeners want to know. Yeah, no doubt about it. They want to know, <laughs> and they want and they want to and they want to chime in on this. Yes. What else you got? What, on wait, a, that should be the hashtag. What should be the hashtag? Uh, guilty, not guilty. <laughs> Purim, Purim, Mishloch um, Manot, uh, uh, wonderment, uh, thoughts, conundrums. Okay. What else you got? That's, That's it. That's what I got. That's, That's what it. I got for this week because it's been a very busy week. We had our Land of Israel Shabbaton at the Dead Sea. Yeah, it was amazing. It was very, very nice. You gave a great talk about uh, spiritual birthing. You take Thank a you. great talk about... Uh, about uh, Rav, uh, about Rav Arush's, the, the Torah of Rabbi Nachman. Right. It's taught by Rav Arush. That was great talk. That was really cool. I was in for that one. The birthing one, I, I was not yeah, into. It was a women's only talk. Yep, yeah. Although I feel like I should open it up to men. Sometimes I wish I could give the talk only to men because I think that men have so? a big part in birth, but I'm, I'm, I'm just, I wonder if they could like deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That sounds, that sounds like a fun, that's a, that sounds like a fun experiment, but it was very nice. We had amazing, um, participants and really great lectures. Isha, you did a fantastic job. You had people sitting in their seats, like totally riveted for two hours listening to you talk about Chevron. And they literally looked like they could have sat there for another two hours. They were just like, really listening and it was really so i was talking for two hours is that what you're saying you talked for two hours yeah (laughs) i'm sorry are we is anyone here surprised (laughs) oh my gosh that's a lot of talking yeah but you were smiling the whole time oh yeah no my allotment of talking is huge huge nine parts of of talking were what is it ten parts of talking were given to the world and nine parts we're given to Yishai Fleisch. Baruch Hashem. That's actually not the original quote. <laughs> I want to thank you, Malka, very much for being with us. Uh, it is raining again in the land of Israel. It's the seventh of Adar, uh, according to, to some mystical doctrines. Moshe Rabbeinu is buried in Maratha Machpelah. How can that be? Well, there's there's ways that it could be. There's ways to re- re-understand the text. And that's a lot of fun. I'm excited to go to Hebron tomorrow. I'm also excited to be wearing Tchelet, T-E-K-H-E-L-E-T. I'm also excited to thank the good folks that make this show happen, uh, which is uh, Moshe Herman, Tabitha, and usually Ben Brusky. But this week's show, I have to go edit it. So we're not thanking you this week, Ben. Yeah, you're out, uh, Ben. Okay, we thank you anyway. And, uh, and okay, uh, next week is Purim. And then right after that, heading out to America for the APAC conference. Oh, my golly. So if you're going to be this there. This is going to be one crazy conference. Everybody's speaking. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Netanyahu is speaking and Gantz is speaking. Lapid is speaking and Bennett is speaking. So many different people. There's going to be like speech after speech after speech after speech. I'm excited. I'm so curious to see what the, what the clapping, booing ratios are going to be like. They never boo almost, but it's going to be fun and it's going to be great hashtagging and tweeting. And and here's the deal. If you're going to be there, let me know. Write to me, Yishai at the land of Israel.com, Yishai at the land of Israel.com, or many other ways that you can reach me. Let me know. Uh, follow our Twitter. Malka is a burner up Twitterer. Okay, she's really out there. I've gotten my snark down. Oh, you're 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 a. That's what you need for Twitter. You, yeah, <laughs> you 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 put their teeth on edge, Malka. You, you're sharp. <laughs> you're sharp out there, and uh, I'm out there tweeting as well. So follow us as well and connect. And uh, when are you coming to the land of Israel? Are you coming for uh, for Pesach? Are you coming for the summer? Let us know. Uh, let's get together. Let's see. Uh, let's show you the land. 
and uh, let let us together be part of this great story. Maka, I want to thank you so much for your very exciting Mishloch um, Manot uh, uh, options. Do you like that option? I think it's the best option you've made in years. I would like it if this year you would finish all that stuff up like two days early yeah. and then we can just calmly have a Purim, not like a crazy running around. Ishai! Ishai, take this. Deliver this fast! Yeah, drive. Wait, hang on. There's no macaroni salad on it. Hang on. Yeah, I just, I just don't want, I don't, I don't want to run the whole town, and 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 the house turn into this big like. Let's just do it light and easy this year, so that you can party. I want you to party this year. Yes, uh, I want to party. Party like it, like it's, party like it's, party like it's. Yes. Hold on one second. I'm just doing the math here. Uh, let's see, two thousand years ago, and party <laughs> like it's. Be. F- 500 BCE, okay? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to drink wine like it's 500 BCE. Okay? All right, folks. You are listening to the Ishai Flash Show. Great, great to have you with us. Let us know how you're doing. Send us a picture of your costumes. Send us a picture of your liquor. Send us a picture of your Mishloch Manot preparations. Yes. I want it in my inbox. I want to see it for myself where you're at. Stay tuned. Stay strong. Stay connected. More great stuff is on the way. God bless you wherever you are. And Shalom from Judea. Shabbat Shalom, Malka. Shabbat Shalom.